the one constant through all the years, Ray, has been baseball. God, I love baseball. How can you not be romantic about baseball? Man, this is baseball. You gotta stop thinking. I believe in the church of baseball. There's no crying in baseball! Hey guys, welcome to the show. I'm Andrew. And I'm Paul. And this is Play Ball. Baseball at the movies. The show where we watch and talk about every baseball movie. Every single one. I can't. We're grinding our way through the season. <laughs> Here we go. The dog days of season one. We've reached number, oh wait. Yeah, that's right, idiot. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess we could say we went out of order. We're recording it out of order. Yeah. This is the third one we're recording. Yeah, sorry. I think it's like seven or it's something. Th- it, honestly, it doesn't matter. You're not listening in order. You're no. just listening to the movies that you You're like. probably not listening to this podcast. We're talking to ourselves right now. <laughs> Today, on this podcast, you're not listening to. <laughs> I talking. mean, us. We're just talking to ourselves. Yeah, yeah. Paul and I are talking about the movie Sugar. Sugar. If you're not sure. Uh, of if the, you're not sure. If you have, nice. If you haven't seen this movie, Sugar follows the story of Miguel Santos, Nicknamed Sugar for his sweet personality. A pitcher from San Pedro playing professionally at a That's baseball. That's the log line? It says for his sweet personality? Yeah. There's a whole debate in the movie. There's like, a, yeah, I was about to is say. Is it his personality or because he likes he eats dessert? Sugar. It's the, yeah. <laughs> uh, where was I? Sorry, dog. He's a pitcher from San Pedro playing professionally at a baseball academy in the Dominican Republic. Miguel finally gets his break at age 19 when he advances to the U.S. minor league system. But when his play on the mound falters, he begins to question the single-mindedness of his life's ambition. It stars Algenias Perez Soto as Sugar, or Azúcar is the, Correct. the Spanish version of it. That was a very nice pronunciation, uh, Andrew. Thank you. Yeah. I worked really hard on this. Did you? Yeah. Did you actually? Yeah. <laughs> Do you have like a phonetic spelling in your no, notes? I, okay. just, I just practiced. Okay. I'm professional. <laughs> it also stars Reniel Rufino as Sugar's friend Jorge. You, you clearly practiced that one. <laughs> and uh, For the listeners, real quick, we changed our setup. So like <laughs> before we weren't really looking at each other, we were kind of like next to each other. Every once in a while, glancing yeah. at each other. Now we're looking straight on. at each other. The pressure's on. And I have to tell you, when he read that name, he did a little <laughs> hand flourish. I, he, like, really got into it. You can't do it otherwise. No, it's true. It doesn't work otherwise. I'm just saying I'm very proud of you, and you said it great. Thank you. You're welcome. I tried. It also stars Andre Holland as Brad Johnson. <laughs> <laughs> I, I practiced that one, too. <laughs> It was directed by Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck, who made Half Nelson and the upcoming Captain Marvel. So that's... I be, did not know that. They'll be right back in theaters. Get the heck out of there. They yeah. directed Captain Marvel? Yeah. Have you seen Half Nelson? No, I've heard it's, it's very good. really good. I watched a bunch of interviews with them, they're and right, really not smart. one time did Captain Marvel come up. Really? Yeah. Wow. I'm so Captain dumb. Marvel. All I had to do was IMDb. <laughs> and, wow. What do you think we'd do on the show, man? Well, I'm really excited for Captain Marvel, then. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. But before Captain Marvel... They directed Sugar. That's right. Let's let's listen to the trailer a little bit. Let's listen to that dang trailer. This is a bit of the trailer from Sugar. Fly ball. Fly ball. Line drive. Line drive. Ground ball. Ground ball. Home run. Home run. We got 75 pitchers for less than 50 positions come April. You do the math. Welcome to America, son. 
Todos los peloteros aquí son buenos. Thank you for blessing us with our new guest. No cervezas in the casa. No chicas in the bedroom. I already told him that one. Okay. You started dropping your arm in the third. I think that was the problem. So that's sugar. That's, that's sugar. Trailer. Yeah. I feel. I, I'll be honest. That trailer, after watching, now having watched the movie. Yeah. Kind of a. I feel like the marketing people were really yeah. trying to make it a little more mainstream than <laughs> it was. It's true. It's true. It's a little more upbeat than the movie is. Yeah. <laughs> that's for sure. So Sugar came out in 2009, and it was received pretty well by critics. It's got 92% on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm-hmm. Roger Ebert, still alive at the time. Uh-huh. Love the guy. He's our favorite. Anytime we can do this, <laughs> we are going to do Absolutely. this. Absolutely. So Roger Ebert gave it three and a half stars. Here's a quote from his review. He said, what's special about the film, and this is a very special film, is how closely it observes the emotional uncertainties of a stranger in a strange land. Not speaking the language, not knowing the customs, beset with homesickness and the dread of disappointing his family. Dude. That about sums it up. I can't. I was just about to say that. Like, that that's a that's perfect, perfect summation of he that movie. Can, he can write. He, I feel like Ebert writes reviews in sentences. Like any one sentence oh. sums up the whole emotional experience he's so of cl- the movie. He's so clear. He's, he's such a good writer. <laughs> Just, just one more thing to point out before yeah. we go into this movie. Uh, in the credits, they there's a special thanks to a whole bunch of baseball people, mm-hmm. including the Diamondbacks and the Oakland A's, and also A.J. Hinch, the now manager of the Houston Astros. Oh, wow. Uh, Is that because they use their academies? I, I, I think it's because they use their academies. They probably consulted... They're also just... They're, as a listener, you're like, academy? What does that mean? Oh, we're going to oh, get we're into gonna it. Get into it. <laughs> They also, just for the record, they thank tons of people that I didn't know. <laughs> that was, those yeah. are the three. Oh, the, the, the two. I'd imagine a lot of the I've heard the of the research. Diamondbacks. Yeah. <laughs> okay, so at this point, we're going to walk through the movie a little bit. Like for yeah. people who haven't seen it, we're just going to sort of go through step by step of the plot. If you want to skip, skip this ahead. part. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But if you don't, if you want to hear our fun analysis, spoiler filled yeah, take super on the plot. Duper, duper spoily. Skip ahead. Let's dive in. So this movie kind of has three stages to it. I think is the way to sort of break mm. down the plot. So it opens, the first stage is in the Dominican Republic. And it starts with our character, Sugar, and we kind of see life at one of these baseball academies. Right. Again, we're going to get into it more, but... Give a brief. Basically, yeah. all of Major League, every team in Major League Literally baseball, every team. They've got these academies where they teach amateurs, prospects, newly signed talent from the Dominican Republic mm-hmm. because baseball is so big there. They sign talent that might develop into something. Right. And they kind of train them in not just baseball, but in life skills and English about well, the game yeah. and all of that. So we we get a little bit of life at this academy of basically all of these hopefuls from the Dominican Republic right. who have got some talent, you know, hoping that they can blossom into minor leaguers, get to the U.S., and eventually, of course, go on to play Major League Baseball. Right, right. So we see drills. We see simulation games. He's on the Kansas City Knights. That's right. Yeah, he, fake. they have dorms there. Right, it's a whole thing. It's a whole yeah. experience. They have an armed guard. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. Well, it was like a AK forty seven. He was a big gun. That yeah, guy. keeping keeping track of the guys. I think mm-hmm. it's keeping the guys in and keeping them out. Yeah, and then on weekend he goes home. They're almost like it's almost like they have like thirty American embassies in the Dominican Republic. Kind it's of. true. Yeah, yeah. Full service. Like he like a little resort. And then. On the weekends, he goes home, and so right. we see some of his home life. We see his family, and he comes home, and he's kind of a celebrity. 
all the little kids are like playing baseball in the streets yeah. and they love that he's there and Sticks they want to hear rocks. about it. Yeah. And he shows them, he's just learned the spiked curveball, Right. So he shows them that. Uh, and he hits a guy. Yeah. He's still, he's still learning it. <laughs> yeah. The second part of the movie, he makes it and he, he's invited to spring training, major minor league spring training. It was a minor league. Yeah, he's well. He's still in the minors. I think. Well, I think at that point they still call up people who are in the minors for spring training. But then, it's. I don't think he's he, like he's not training with the major league players. He wasn't. No, it's with the other prospects uh, and the, the the high A. I guess that's true. They probably would have made a bigger deal about. Yeah, I, it's not. I, it's not real spring training. It's sort of right. spring training for some of the shortened leagues. Okay. Uh, that the farm systems use. Sure, sure. To get the players ready. So the second part of the movie, we sort of is really about him adjusting to life in kind of small town, yeah. rural America. He lives with a host family. Well, for, well, first he's in Florida for spring training, right? That's right. Yeah, yeah. He goes to Florida for spring training. He meets his friend Jorge, who right. is from the Dominican Republic. They played together a little bit. He's been on a team for a couple of years. Yeah. So he kind of takes him in and shows him. You know, they're at a hotel and they <laughs> that on it that scene was great. They drink beer. Yeah. They watch porn on HBO. <laughs> it's just like they're in a hotel room. You know, it's just which is now a period. You know, it's a period piece because yeah, right? they got rid of all the HBO it's porn. Just, it's totally culture shock though of him coming mm-hmm. in and never having experienced anything like this. They yeah. go to a diner and they order French toast. That seems so it's, funny. It's a great. It's great. All those little moments. Yeah. Are, what really what make this movie so good? But so again, this this whole second part of the movie is just about him having total clash of culture, culture shock, experiencing this like alien world totally for, for the first time. And part of that is baseball. He's on the team. Yeah. He meets some of the other prospects, both from the Dominican Republic and also the American lower minor league players, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and single a ball players. Um, one of those guys is Andre Holland. Yeah. He looks so familiar. Yeah. Um, he's in tons of stuff. Yeah. He's in Moonlight. He's a great actor. I haven't seen he's in the I'm Nick. A bad movie person. He's gonna be in. I haven't seen the Nick. Uh, he's in TV Castle person. Rock, the Hulu thing. Mm, I'm a bad TV you, person. You, you, he's he a, looks so. Familiar. He's a great There's actor. One one thing that I definitely recommend. Andre Halan, if you're listening to this, which obviously you are, dude, we love big you. fan of this podcast. <laughs> he was Wait, great in yeah, the movie. He's really good. This is one of his earlier movies. But he, he plays, definitely looked younger. Yeah. The point is, he plays Brad Johnson, who is a right. prospect out from of from Stanford. From yeah, is it Stanford or Berkeley? He's from Berkeley, but he went to Stanford. That's right, yeah. So he signs. So there's a scene where he's, uh, uh, Sugar is talking to Jorge. Yeah. And uh, Jorge tells him, oh, that's Brad Johnson. He signed a million dollar bonus to be here. Yeah. Uh, it's just one of the many things that reinforces how different this experience is. They, they, they're, they're both in the same place, but have completely different tracks. It's really, it was eye opening. Yeah. It was eye opening. We'll, we'll get more into it. I think that's a, a very good way to put it. This movie was very eye opening. So we see his baseball life and career yeah. develop he's pretty good sort of right out of the gate he starts yeah, off he yeah, starts yeah. off as a pretty good pitcher he's really he's mastered for, that spike curve yeah he's known for his his curveball and yeah. there's a there's a great scene of his first game and he's got a lot of success mm-hmm. he's a little nervous but then he sort of overcomes it has a Hones great in. great first game and then we just sort of see you know some of that traditional baseball stuff he's on yeah. the bus they're traveling around we miss a, all cool, over. A, a cool plot detail when he goes to iowa he gets housed with a family um yeah in iowa which is a real thing yeah it's Um, the it's the other half of oh skip ahead no no it's it's that other half so while we're seeing all of this baseball life we see the other half his personal life of his personal life him learning american culture right 
trying to. Yeah, trying yeah. to assimilate, trying to fit in. The language barrier in this movie is... Oh man, you feel it. You really feel it. You like, feel it I, so like it, much. Like I haven't felt in a lot of movies before. Yeah, a hundred percent of just you know living with this white family, which yeah. you know eventually, again, spoilers. Eventually, you know, sort of tenderness develops between them, a familiarity. Yeah, which but, I did not see coming to be yeah, honest, and it was really nice. It was when really it nice yeah. and honest. It felt like, but those early scenes of just them just. The, the two sort of grandparents. No drinking. Were, yeah. No women. Jabbering away yeah. in English. Oh, my God. She doesn't understand this anything. This drawer, it doesn't work. Yeah. And you just... Oh, El baño. You feel... I felt... I was oh like, my I God. Shouldn't, I shouldn't move around too much in case I touch the wrong I thing. I know. You know, make a scene in this house. I, I totally felt where this character... Totally. Uh, ...is in his life here. So, eventually, he, he kind of... Baseball doesn't work out. You know, he sort of flames out a little bit. He kind of can't maintain that early success. Uh, right, yeah. Well, yeah. Another uh, another highly touted Dominican prospect. Who he was friends with. Who he was, he was friends with is brought in, but he sort of uh, takes over as the new kind of highlight yeah. of the team. New hotshot. Brad Johnson, who he develops a friendship with, is moved up. double A. Eventually, you know, it's sort of, it's so tragic of this you develop these really close intimate relationships yeah. and then instantly it's like yeah the guy moved up he's gone and i'll never see him again except yeah. on espn when he's playing yeah. <laughs> professional totally. baseball so at the end he goes to new york that's been that's been kind of a theme throughout they've been you know he and, kept talking about new york i want to hit a then the new Yankees. york calendar yeah there's there's been this whole thing which I got to imagine, like every minor leaguer, I mean every baseball player, like we all hate the Yankees, but also everyone's like, when you when you say to someone like, picture playing in the World Series, it's always for the Yankees. It's like that is not true. That's so it's true. Just an un- no, that's what? Un- everyone's like on oh, the Yankees. Ladies and, and gentlemen, let me just point out real quick, just quickly, the Andrew Knopp, my cohort, my partner in crime here. Is a Yankees fan. I, I, so, of course, you had that childhood dream. Yeah, I, sure. Anytime I picture playing in the World Series, obviously for the Giants. Uh, yeah. I get it. They're a storied franchise. I respect the Yankees. I'm just saying, me and every other person alive. This is of them playing for the World not Series. Not true. <laughs> anyway, Sugar it, it certainly did. was against did. the Yankees. Sh- Sugar certainly did. We should also point out, well, he went to New York because he just, like, up and left. Yeah. Like, he, they were going to go to a, on a road trip. He kind of, he kind of senses, uh, Azucar kind of senses that... The uh, impending the cut. cut. The cut yeah. is coming. And so instead he packs up he just and quits. he takes off. Actually, there's a really nice scene, really subtle, where his his Dominican friend, the relief pitcher who's kind of replaced uh, him, the, the looks. is sitting on the bus. Yeah. yeah. And uh, everybody is asking that guy, like, well, where's where Sugar? And he says, oh, he's just going to the bathroom. Yeah. And then Sugar kind of waves and he sort of gives him a nod. And They've they both understood. know. Yeah. Where, yeah. Where's he going? Again, it's like these little things that just convey that experience, mm-hmm. which... You know, I, I we really haven't seen before, but it's so important to this whole film. Totally. So he takes off. So he goes. He follows in Jorge's steps. Jorge had gotten cut. Right, his friend. Said, I'm going to New York. I'm going to try and make it in America. And so, right, he had some friends and some business. So he takes off. He gets to see Yankee Stadium a little bit, mm-hmm. which we'll talk about. But then the 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 end of this movie, the climax, is really just him creating a life in new york city yeah. as an immigrant yeah he gets a job he's got to say did not see coming i didn't the third act was this, a, a left turn it to- it's totally surprising yeah. because it just goes in a direction that you don't think it's gonna go yeah. but it is so perfect yeah it yeah <laughs> we'll get uh, into it 
again, he makes some friends, he finds a place to live, he gets a job, and then the movie sort of ends with he's now living in America, he's sending money back home, Mm -hmm. and he joins Jorge in the community Dominican League in their community. Which is a real thing. Which is a real thing. And And they play a game. Right. And it's sort of, it's actually the first time we see him smile, I think, playing baseball in the whole movie. That's, oh, is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I, I was I, I kinda picked it picked it up yeah. like halfway through and then I was looking for it and yeah. you know, he's so nervous about performing the whole time. He finally got finally the at joy. the end he gets a little bit of the joy back of, of like, playing. Oh, this is why I did this. Yeah. They play on what is it, the Roberto Clemente field, right? Yeah, they're playing in just it's like a community league. Um and it's actually it's all former minor league players who kind of washed out mm-hmm. and had, you know, some kind of similar Yeah, that montage was experience. great. There's a montage <sighs> where they uh because so he good. is from his point. I mean, the whole movie is from his point of view. And really well done, as we were just talking about that. But there's a montage of him introducing himself to the other minor league players that are there and saying like, "Oh, I'm I played with the Kansas City Yankees. Oh yeah, I spent two years in the uh, uh, on the yeah. Cardinals. I spent a year in the yeah, minors with the, with the blah blah blah. With and then the, yeah, then it oh. just turns into this supercut with with them saying which team they played for, which which has to be. Which was, uh, most of them were real players, by the way. Yeah, they were. I, I watched an interview where they said it's all. It's they went to that field to research the directors, and they started talking to these guys, and then they realized very quickly, oh, everyone here <laughs> used to play on a team. And so, yeah, I, I think like ninety percent of those guys they, that were in the movie were actual players. So powerful. Oh yeah, that, that ending. Yeah. So that's I agree. Uh, that's sugar. What did you think of this movie? I, I really, really liked this movie. I did not expect anything that happened i guess i didn't know i really didn't know what i was getting into other than it was going to be a cool look into a different avenue of uh baseball that i haven't seen in a baseball movie before yeah the, the perspective of of this modern day immigrant story yeah 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 totally at, 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 its, at its in its essence that's what it is that's i think that's i loved it also yeah i this is a great movie and highly recommend it what i really just appreciated off the even honestly even before i yeah. saw it was just this tells a story that's so prevalent yeah. in the game and yet no one talks no, about it there's no one talks about it no. there's no other movie like this yeah so many sports movies tell that story of yeah. like the one in the million shot of the long the outcast long shot who then makes it and 100 wins the big game what I thought was going to happen. I really yeah. thought he was going to go back to baseball. And this movie totally doesn't do that. Not it's, at all. It's not romantic. Nope. It's not Hollywood. Yeah. The, ro- the, it, the romance in the movie is so fleeting and it's so and real. That it's so interesting to me that the rare movie is the one that tells the, the common story of the kid who had some potential, made some inroads, didn't go any further than that, and yeah. now life goes on. And he's not going to yeah, be... Yeah, third act. Like, I really expected him to go back to baseball or like that. So he, the whole movie, they keep planting that he um, is a carpenter as well. Like, he makes mm-hmm. tables and stuff like that. And so he finds a, um, a carpentry uh, furniture making shop. Uh, shop yeah. And he asks the guy, like, hey, can I make a table in your workshop? I'll clean up, but I just want to send it back to my mom. So he befriends this uh, Puerto Rican older fellow who, uh, Becomes kind of a little mentor in the end yeah, there. a um, father figure. I really thought he was going to kind of, like, and I think this is, like, that third act really turned baseball movie third acts on its head, kind of. So yeah. I kept expecting that guy to be like, you should go back to baseball, man. You should yeah. try it out again. Because you quit and you got to, uh, you know, not quit things. And that did not happen <laughs> at I, all. I found so much of this movie almost hard to watch. Yeah, dude. Because it was so it's, visceral, man. It was yeah, so raw. Just so many 
parts about it. They one instance is there's a great little scene mm-hmm. at the beginning of the movie when mm. he's still in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. Uh, the weekend when he's gone home, mm-hmm. he's hanging out with some friends, and one of his friends is one of these sort of flameouts who was at the academy and is now oh, left. Oh god, that part was so heartbreaking. And he uh, uh, Sugar is talking about so he's got this he can throw 95. Right, yeah. You know, and he's learning this curveball and he thinks yeah. he's a big This shot. arm's worth a lot. Yeah. yeah, and his, you know, million dollar arm kind of thing. And his friend says, "Oh, well, I could throw 98." Yeah, in and, in in the in double A. I think yeah. he played in the states. And and Sugar says, "Well, if you could throw 98, what are you doing back here?" Yeah. And just What are you doing back here working at selling cell phones on the street? Yeah, yeah. back in Back, back home yeah you know and it's and, and and then there was that shot it's just his face and he just looks down that's beautiful acting oh so sad there's so many moments like that in yeah. this movie again we talked about the scenes where he's with the white family and just you know it's it's interesting because it's it's nothing sort of it's not overt no you know it's 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 certainly not you know you think about something like the jackie robinson movie 42 sure it's nothing as sort of loud and bombastic and blunt as that the the racism that he faces oh yeah totally. but it's just as how they convey that experience in this in I, this movie i wrote it, so many times that like this it's movie, just as it's just as heartbreaking so real just as so hard natural. to watch yeah. and just Very cringeworthy mm-hmm. because you feel for him and you they did like, such a good job filming it from his perspective yeah, it, you feel you're in his shoes like the entire time. Yeah, and so like we were talking about the language barrier. Like this movie, I could see why it didn't do well in the box office because mm-hmm. number one, people don't like to read because they're dummies, and like this movie it was about half the movie is in Spanish. I would say more than half of the movie. Yeah. Like the majority of this movie is in Spanish, which was such a good choice because automatically you feel like, oh, okay, yeah, this is real. Yeah, um, and you really do feel. And this, when he comes to the states, that language barrier is such a real problematic thing that yeah. i never really think about it's <laughs> at all there are so many things that i it sort of made me question and kind of re-examine yeah totally there's a, there's a great scene i think it's one of the later games mm-hmm. it's it's not even seen it's just a shot but in one of his later games when he's in the minors and he's been struggling yeah. and you see just like some american dudes yeah and they, they're standing up in the they're sitting in the you know oh, the like, third you base suck, line. Santos. Yeah, yeah and like they've got beer and they're like not even watching the game except no they're yelling like you clue. suck yeah. and it's just it's heartbreaking it's so hard it's heartbreaking on so many levels because one level we haven't even gotten into yet it's heartbreaking because He's such a fish out of water, and they don't know anything about his story. And there is such an immense pressure on these dudes. Yeah. Like, not just from a minor league standpoint. Like, yeah, yeah. every minor leaguer faces incredible pressure. They're yeah. always trying to perform. They're always trying to look better so they can move up. Mm-hmm. And think there was that great line where, where that coach said, uh, what did yeah. he say? He says, he says, until you make it, you got to realize everybody below you yeah. is trying to, everybody above you is trying to keep you down yes. and everybody below you is trying to take your job. Exactly. Which is crazy. Something like we've got, you know, 200 pitchers for less than 50 spots. Yeah. Which the roster put it in perspective really well, but also like he's from the Dominican and he, everyone there, they love baseball, but the main reason that they are trying to play baseball they want to get out of there. Yeah, they're a, trying to help their family. Yeah, get some, get some money, get some right. Income, so with every pitch, the family back home. Not only is he trying to make his his quote unquote dream come true, but with every pitch, he is thinking about his family. He's, he's thinking about he's trying pitching to for a life. He's pitching it's, for a whole life. It's so much pressure, and those dudes are just like, "You suck." 
Actually, Roger Ebert, I wrote down another Ebert oh, quote. Oh, let's hear it. He wrote the same thing in his read. He said, remembering a day when Sammy Sosa was booed at Wrigley Field, I <sighs> see it now in a wholly new light. It's, it's so true. It's so true. It's crazy. You know, it, that, that line of the coach, of everybody below you mm-hmm. is coming after your job and everybody yeah. above you is trying to keep you down. That, for me is one of the things that added to this sense of isolation. Oh, my God. We think of baseball as like, the team is in it together. Mm -hmm. Not in the minor leagues, not at all. No, everyone is trying to get the contract. And and they're trying, they're really trying, in spite of all that, to have this camaraderie that just, it's, it's, always there they're always trying they're trying to be friends and they're trying to be a team but Mm -hmm. there's this underlying like monster in the corner like nah your family is gonna die if you don't succeed they it's that the complexity of that emotion is conveyed so well very very well when his friend shows up his his relief pitcher friend oh because we just he comes in and he's got a little bit of swagger yeah. and he's the new kid now and he, i would say he's much more like our main character santos i really liked him mm-hmm. but he's very he, he's a very distinct personality and it's very subdued yeah he's much more reserved much more reserved and it's, and that is tripled when he gets to the states cuz he has no he has no way to express himself cuz he doesn't speak english infinitely yeah. but that other guy is very much he reminded me kind of like pablo sandoval where mm-hmm. pablo like he he doesn't like his English is is fine. It's gotten way better over the years. But like when he first came up, like that guy didn't didn't matter if he didn't speak English. Yeah. That guy was just a ball of energy. Everyone loves Pablo, and that guy reminded me of him because he came in. He was just like this charismatic dude, and you could see Santos being like, oh, "He's so I'm yeah. not that guy." <laughs> Santos is so delicate yeah, in that moment because totally. he's he's been struggling. He's searching for a friend because Jorge is gone at this point. Yeah. And so he's searching for some kind of friend or camaraderie. And this other guy comes in and there's this internal struggle that we see so well of, I'm glad another Dominican player is here, but also is he going to be the one that takes yeah. my He's shot? the new me. Yeah. You know, it's just, and, and he already saw his friend get cut. His yeah. Previous friends. There's, so the there's reality just, sets there's in. There's no safety. There's no, Oh my God. You can never relax. You could never, that tension is always there. Always there. Yeah. I think this is also the most authentic baseball movie that I've ever seen. It's so good. It walks the line of the love of baseball versus the business. And it, it, it never really picks a side. Yeah. It just presents it in a very documentarian style and goes, what do you think? Totally. You know? Well, also just, I think it's, maybe authentic wasn't the right word. I think Mm. it's the most realistic baseball Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's what I mean. The, the experience of these guys in the clubhouse mm-hmm. their camaraderie yeah. they're kind of friends but they're also competing they're not there's not really characters in this yeah. movie not sure know, or this, or this much little, of a plot either yeah you get a little slice of the experience yes but prior you know, to this movie too the directors had done a documentary and so oh, they were like oh, fresh off like great. this is how we do this this is how yeah. we make a movie and you can tell like it's so raw it's such a visceral yeah. experience i think if you there are look. There are plenty of great baseball movies yeah. out there that are a lot of fun. Oh yeah, but this one I think is besides documentaries. Yeah. This one just ca- I think captures probably most. Okay, what is the experience yeah. of being a baseball player? Totally, it's this. Even even I'm sure at higher levels, you know, yeah. at the major league level, some of these guys got to be worried about. Yeah, okay, am I an everyday player or yeah. a utility man? Who's going to be taking am my I spot? Am I going to be cut? Yeah, to, to tomorrow today, especially especially the minor leaguers. As soon as they move up, yeah. they're still under that pressure to perform. Totally, it's a very realistic portrayal of baseball. I think that again, I was saying that one reason it's not super successful is people don't like to read because they're dummies. I feel like you're. You have to have a pretty high love of baseball and baseball knowledge 
it does not placate to people who don't understand who don't know much of the game 100 percent. and so i think those two reasons probably why it didn't do very well but as a as a fan of baseball and movies like yeah. it, it was so it did not dumb baseball down like it just went anytime it showed aspects of the game it didn't really explain anything yeah you just it just assumed that you knew enough about the game and just went well, I think in addition to that, you don't need to know. That's true. Yeah. You know, like you, you, the the competition and the isolation mm-hmm. and the the fear of not making it and the stakes of what's riding on that is so almost. It felt effortlessly conveyed. Hundred percent. That even if you had never watched yeah. a game of baseball in your life, you can come in and and again, the movie is so from. Santos's perspective. It's crazy. That you're in those emotions, yeah. whether you know about baseball There's this one shot, dude, where he's in... I wrote it down. He was in the hotel room on a, on a road trip, and I forget why he was leaving the hotel room, but he walks out of the hotel room, and it's the camera's following behind him, mm-hmm. and it's just a really long take of him going from the hotel room down through the lobby, through like yeah. an arcade. Maybe it was a casino. They Great might have been in Nevada. And the the depth of field like it's so out of focus like mm-hmm. the only thing in focus is him yeah, yeah. as the camera's like really close behind him everything the entire world around him mm-hmm. is out of focus and that shot lasts i don't know it's like a couple minutes yeah and you really felt like the isolation well he that's a beautiful shot yeah and he walks through i i noticed it during the shot I was like, yeah, oh, wow, yeah, this yeah, is really yeah. impressive this is amazing and he walks through the hotel yeah a restaurant, yeah. a bar, arcade, an arcade, yeah. and then he kind of ends in a bowling alley. That's right, yeah. And the shot ends with him seeing Brad and oh, the other that's right, having fun with some girls, yeah, and they're bowling some and they're having a good dudes, time. Yeah. And he walks all the way there and then doesn't join them. Yeah, he turns back he goes and back. like I mean, it's it's a little on the nose as a metaphor, but no, just, it was great. Yeah, it's it was beautiful. Really well it's done. a beautiful, simple way to convey yeah. him walking through. He's America so alone. not fitting in. Yeah. yeah. And, and just such a simple thing of it's it's just the it's the language barrier. Yeah. And it's I I really obviously I had some grasp of it as I've through my years of like, oh, that must be a really difficult mm-hmm. thing to do sure. to come to another country not knowing the language. It sucks. Yeah. It sucks so much. Totally alienating. Can you imagine going to another country for your job? And and oh. your job is trying to compete yeah every all of your coworkers oh. are trying to kick you out oh, you know, by performing better it's so stressful it's a very stressful movie <laughs> i want to call attention to something else which i just thought you was call amazing. attention to it buddy so again the whole movie their their image of america mm-hmm. there's, there's this great scene mm-hmm. where he goes to kmart and he tries on a suit and his yeah. friend is like now playing for the yankees sugar yeah, yeah. you know so they end up in New York, right? So the whole movie, they've been sort of planting New York yeah. as this metaphor for success in America. And he goes there, and he goes on the subway, and he looks up on the map, the subway map, Yankee Stadium. And when he sees Yankee Stadium on the map, my heart just swelled. <laughs> and I thought I knew exactly where this was going. Yeah. And then he gets on the subway, and he rides past it, yeah. and all he sees is the that little glimpse, crack of, but like between the the seats. Yeah, the wall, the giant walls. As of the, the subway is going past, yeah, I think he's riding the four or five train, and the subway is going past. I used to live in New York. Yeah, I don't okay. know if you know. Oh, where did you live, Andrew? Uh, it was a Yankee fan. Oh, yeah, cool. Anyway, what, he, what did you think was going to happen? Well, so what I thought was going to happen, well, so what happens is he just rides past and he gets this little glimpse of it. Right. And yeah. then he gets off the subway and he goes to try and find his friend. Right. He doesn't. And then he kind of 
that's the start of Never goes back to Yankee Stadium. New York. Yeah. Never goes back. I thought that this was going to be such a Hollywood moment. Of, yeah. After all this turmoil, he goes and maybe he goes to a game and he sees it and yeah. he has that memory of like, oh, this is... Maybe he sees Brad. Yeah. Yeah. yeah or like, this is what it could have been or my love of that. That would be discovering his... Rediscovering his love of baseball. Yeah. And it so was it. And that... No. Just like took the wind out of my sails. Like I just I felt it so much. Yeah. Of this is not just not a Hollywood moment. It's setting us up for a Hollywood moment, and then it pulls the rug out from under us. Very. So we feel yeah. it so much more. I thought it was so brave of the filmmakers to do that. Yeah. Because I when the when that act started and it was going down that road, there was a moment of like I don't know about this. This is very depressing. I don't know how I feel about this, but. As it kept going, I was like, no, this is just a this very is, realistic portrayal yeah, of probably what is, happened. This is brilliant. I, I thought, oh, okay, I see what you guys are doing. You're going to not give us 100%. a Hollywood sports movie yeah. for an hour and a, a half. Yeah. And then the ending, we're going to get gonna our, go back. He's gonna our sign. romantic moment. Yeah. And they say, no, nah. this is this, you get, is, like, this guy's life. The romantic moment is that was the end when he's playing yeah. uh, on that on that just guess, for fun. Yeah. And it's like, instead of getting like a fucking big old piece of cake, it's like... <laughs> He is a uh, a piece of a cookie. Yeah, <laughs> he has a chocolate chip. Don't you remember that you love chocolate because it's yeah, delicious? Yeah, it's pretty good, right? Yeah, uh, it's it's not a sports movie at all. I would say hmm. it's, it's it's about at its core, it's sure, about yeah. the American dream. Yeah. It's an immigration story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And baseball is just like the best. Oh, as as always, the best metaphor for America. Yeah, the best. Yeah, that's true. You know, sandbox to to play in and tell these. I mean, stories. it's still a sports movie. It is. It's a good movie that it transcends the genre. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. You're more eloquent than, than I am. But And again, like I said before, I think that the, the dichotomy of the immigrant story and the, base, the business of baseball yeah. versus the love of the game, mm-hmm. it just presented it in a way where there really was no right answer. There's actually there's a great line at the end of the movie that brought that same thing home for me. Yeah. When he... So again, when he's in New York, he meets the owner of this carpentry shop and develops a little bit of a relationship. He's that guy's he's, great, by the way. He's I a great character. Yeah, he's a great actor. You know, when he kind of, when Sugar runs out of money, he goes to Osvaldo. Him I think the guy the guy takes him in and cooks him dinner, yeah. and they you know tell stories. And but there's a great line where Sugar is revealing his past of playing baseball. Yeah, and all yeah, that. yeah. Sugar says that he plays baseball or used to play baseball, and the guy says everybody plays baseball. My son plays baseball. Who cares? And that just like I was like, oh mm-hmm. yeah, like baseball yeah. is so many things to so many different people. It's yeah. little leaguers play this game or video games, and it's fun. It's and then true. you dream of the major leagues, and then the Dominican players have such a different experience. It's everything on the island, yeah. and when they get here versus the experience of Brad Johnson, where he's just like yeah. almost going through the motions of I know everybody knows that he's got to be here. I'm gonna. This is just to a- get. Yeah, pause get to the moment, the big time, yeah. and then again he gets that little glimpse of the stadium, you know, and then we end up in the community game yeah. at the end where all of these guys write to cameras explain their history. Yeah, it's just it's so it was a, a great way to sort of convey the beauty and the tragedy of baseball being yeah so versatile to so it's many true. people. I think the line after that guy when he says uh, my son plays baseball, everybody yeah, plays everybody baseball. baseball. Uh, he says then he says, well, what? Who's your favorite player? He's like, I don't really like baseball. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really watch it. I don't it's care. True. And then that guy comes to his game at the end. And then he comes to his game, you but know. then he even, when they go to dinner, he later sees like, okay, I researched it. I know who my favorite player yeah, is. And that was a great story. It's a great little story. Yeah. It's a, and that story is mm-hmm. about racism. Yeah. So again, it's like my favorite part of baseball is its struggle with the heart of America. 
it's not even a sports story. Yeah, it's true. That, that and the one sense. the one moment that really does delve into his struggle with dealing with racism in where did he get in Iowa? Yeah. Was great. It was such one, a good scene. One of the moments. There's yeah. a couple like subtle things, but this I guess is the, 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 the most the most, the most actual confrontation because of it. Yeah. He's in a bar. They go to like a club. They go to a club in Iowa. <laughs> um, I think it was called like as some dumb the kettle room or something like that. <laughs> and they go to dance with these white white, white girls. girls and uh the dudes in the bar and white Angry dudes white guys take offense. But over. the whole time the music is so loud you can't hear anything they're saying. Yeah. So it's done again in this really very powerful. documentarian style of these dudes confronting them, and you, there's no words. Yeah. There are words, but you can't hear it. Yeah. And it's done so visual, visually. It reminded me of in a, a non goofy way of uh, you ever seen Cool Runnings? Uh, yeah. It's like that scene in Cool Runnings where they go line dancing in that country bar, and then I think they dance with, with literally it's kind of the same thing to dance with uh-huh. white girls, and then they get come. Uh, they get into a fight about it it's, but that movie it's kind of funny um <laughs> well yeah well that's i mean again i feel like all of these little moments are the movie is so successful because all these little moments set us up for these hollywood expectations that just never arrive dude I so love, the white guys I love when movies do that. so the white guys kick them out of the bar yeah the whole the whole group not yeah. just sugar and hardhead but the whole group they kick them out of the bar and then they leave and we never hear any other resolution no, to this talk about it. this subplot you know i feel like in another movie oh you yeah know, you'd have the scene where those guys come back There'd those guys are at the game and sugar art, dominates sure, yeah, or no. they Good go job, back man the white girls come up to them <laughs> you know yeah. leave the leave no. the white guys yeah. to it's it, just presented as this happens this is this racism is, what they're dealing is with real it. in america yeah. and it sucks and yeah. you gotta you gotta figure out how to deal with it and move on and i guess they kind of they you know, didn't wrap it up in terms of the that specific of those dudes or those characters, but yeah. that we were talking about that scene where he is struggling, and they come, he comes home to his foster home or whatever mm-hmm. they, uh, housing, who who is uh, the home is owned by these two like pretty much grandparents, who at up until that point they've been very supportive of him, but they were. The movie had presented their relationship in a very. Uh, we are the heads of the house. We are the heads. Yeah, no drinking, no ladies. Yeah, follow blah, blah, blah. the rules. You're, but baseball's great, and eat the we'll meat, support eat you. Meatloaf right? at dinner, and we. Oh yeah, do you have meatloaf in the Dominican yeah, Republic? Yeah. yeah. But the, that scene when he comes home after struggling, and there's just silent in the kitchen, and this is after struggling on the field. Yeah, sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. he's not doing well. Did not. He had a really bad game. And all that pressure is just on his head, and yeah. he's just thinking about how he's failed his whole family. Yeah, and he just says, "I'm sorry," and starts mm. crying. I cried. I don't know, but yeah, it, it's I'm beautiful. crying right now. Uh, he says, "I'm sorry," and he starts crying. And the older guy, who up until that point I didn't know that they had a relationship, he gets up and he he hugs he him, hugs and him. and they're oh god, it's so it was really it's uh, really, really really nice moment. Well done. I also I really want to just real quick call attention again we talked about this ending i found this ending so powerful of mm. he goes to he, he finally when he's in new york he meets up with jorge mm-hmm. and they go to this community game yeah and then there's a scene where you know he convinces jorge convinces him like oh just come and pitch and yeah and play the game and so he does and he jorge's introducing him to one of the other players yeah. and the guy says oh you know such as us used to play for oh Kansas City. Yeah. and the guy says oh yeah i played for the mets and then they do this kind of speed montage yeah. of all of these guys directly into camera. Right at the camera. My, this is my, my name is such and such, and I played for the Cardinals. For I played two years. for the minor yeah. league yeah, yeah, yeah. Royals. I played for the minor league Mariners. But, and they've, there's just like 
I don't know, a dozen guys. Yeah. And you just, it just, again, I, I, I didn't know that it was the real guys, but I was watching it. Yeah, like, it was. This has to be. Yeah. Like, there's no way that they've got actors doing this. Yeah. And it just totally, you know, it's such a simple, beautiful way to bring That's home. Cool. This story happens a million times. Well, and then there was a moment where he met a guy who also played for the Kansas City Knights or the the Double right. A Bridge. Oh yeah, or whatever. I was there too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And he's like, oh, where did you stay with? Oh, I stayed with the Higgins. The Higgins, and they talked about they both stayed with the Higgins. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Who are sorry? They're the the guy, the family we were just talking about. Yeah, it just brings home like this story happens so often. Yeah, it's so prevalent in this game of baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, this this sort of life story. And it, it's amazing. It's so powerful. It's so well done. Yeah, no, totally. I guess one last thing, actually, before yeah. before we move on. We should say, this movie is so depressing. Yes. Uh, it's so sad. I had I, I, when I finished it, and then I immediately had to go to work. Oh, jeez. I was just at the car ride to work. I was like, why do we even... I, what is life? It's so heavy. It's it really so is. It's so good. Yeah. It's a wonderful movie. Yeah, it's not a, it's not a feel-good movie, for yeah. sure. I, I I finished it and just kind of sat on the couch like, yeah. wow. This is this keeps happening, but it's still happening. Yeah. And There's we'll so probably much. get into it in a second, but it's this double-edged sword of, yes, it's awesome that baseball is helping these people kind of get out and like um get, they're, they're, get a little bit of the american dream get, right of. but they're also kind of there's it's a cycle that they're self-perpetuating that like yeah. look you can come to our academy and then you have a shot to come to the major leagues but the actual chances of that hap- of them becoming a robinson cano yeah. or uh, uh roberto clemente or yeah, yeah any one of those guys the chances of that are so low yeah and it's really sad because yeah. now, like we were talking about, every single team has an academy in the yeah. Dominican Republic. It kind of, it almost. I was thinking about this question of like, what's worse, of like mm. not, yeah, I don't know, not knowing that this exists, <laughs> or you know, knowing you could do this, and there, you know, hopes yeah. getting up, and then yeah, no, it's not going to happen because you know, because uh, like yeah, they do love baseball, but at this point now with all the academies, baseball really is just a symbol for a ticket out yeah it's that's all it is it's a it's a great movie and this movie really demonstrates that very <laughs> yeah. well like i had no, not I, neither of us really had an idea of the implications yeah, of the, what is going the on whole wide-ranging extensive yeah. high stakes implications of that yeah so prepare yourselves when you watch this movie which yeah. you should because it is so it's good depressing. And I'm so glad it's bleak. It's bleak, and 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 it's, bit, every... it's bittersweet. Yeah, yeah, really, yeah, 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 really yeah, yeah. bitter. <laughs> yeah, I would say that. I think that the the main takeaway is, like you were saying, with the every time it came to a a typical Hollywood movie trope that yeah. you were expecting something, it just went right past it. Yeah, and it would rebuild up. You go, oh, this is the moment where, and it yeah. wouldn't do it. It's, and that's why I think at the end you're like, oh, this is so yeah. bleak. It's really <laughs> sober. It's a really sobering. Hundred percent. I think. Yeah, totally. You want to do something else? Yeah, what are we doing? Let's dive into some inside baseball. Okay. Inside of- baseball. Baseball in the side the movie. In the side the movie? Let me do that again. You have a really good voice. You uh. just have to your words could be better. Damn, dude. <laughs> Fuck you too. <laughs> uh okay, let's do it. Alright, let's talk about some inside baseball. Yeah. So this movie came out in two thousand nine. Actually, this movie came out in April of 2009. This mm. is our third straight podcast where the movie came out in April. For reals? Yeah. Which is, uh, That's very I mean, it makes sense. That's yeah. when baseball starts. Like, 
you know, uh, they geared up for baseball. That's a good point. And people like, are like ready yeah. for baseball. Oh, did you see? Yeah. There's a new baseball movie. You don't you don't hmm. go to a baseball movie in February. <laughs> Great. You might go to one in like We just like, had the winter meetings. <laughs> I'm geared up for a baseball movie. <laughs> you might go to one in November if they think it's gonna win an Oscar. Yeah, that's true. Like when did Moneyball come out? Uh October, I think. Yeah, that All makes right, sense. Fair. Yeah. fair. The postseason. That movie's kind of winter meetings. The postseason. Look at that. It's fair. Amazing. That's true. This movie, Sugar, came out in 2009. Yeah. Paul, you know what we were doing in 2009? We were watching Zach Cranky and Tim Lincecum win the Cy Young Award. Duh. That? What a good year for Isn't both that of us. Amazing. Again, I said that Andrew is a Yankees fan. He's also a Dodger also, fan. I love the Yankees and the Dodgers. He lives in New York. Now like he lives Mets. in LA. I like the Cubs. He I likes like baseball. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I'm more of a traditionalist. I got one team. Thank you very much. But yeah, what a good year for both of us. Yeah, it was pretty great. Ricky Henderson was elected to the Hall of Fame, which is great because he was amazing. (laughs) Ricky Henderson's the best. Uh, Oh, Dominican players. Here we go. Here we go. Albert Pujols won the National League MVP. Dang. Because that was before the shift. It's a little little baseball (laughs) joke there for you. Oh, yeah. He's complained about that. (laughs) I feel for him. Okay, here's something crazy. Again, what were what were we doing in 2009? That was the first year of the new Yankee Stadium and City Field for the Mets. Hmm. And now both of them were built in the same. Yeah, they were both new that year, and wow. they finished demolishing state. Was Stadium. New York just like but like just shut down? Like I can't Dude, even imagine. Okay, I was I was in New York yeah. when all of this just happened. Chaos, first all of all, I went to so many birthday parties at Shea Stadium, <laughs> <laughs> and you know what? Yeah. I've never been to City Field. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, but I have been to New Yankee Stadium. Okay. Uh, also, of course, the Yankees won the World Series in 2009. I was there at the parade, and people oh, were really? going nuts, and it was awesome. And Congratulations. Crazy. It was cool. It was a lot of fun. Uh, it was just a, a, a prologue for 2010. <laughs> <clears throat> also, now, Dodger Stadium is the largest capacity stadium with 56,000 seats because they destroyed the old Yankee Stadium and City Field. The, oh, they, those they took down, over? The new stadiums are smaller, mm-hmm. and that made Dodger Stadium the biggest. Huh. Pretty cool. Good for them, I guess. They, they need all those seats for uh, league-leading attendance every year. They need all those seats to people, watch them not win the World Series. A lot Series. of people come to see the Dodgers. <laughs> okay. Okay. Right. This is the road for view listeners. This is the road that we start. And then the next thing is three championships. Okay. Uh, here's the dynasty, thing. blah, blah, blah. Yes. And then I'm like, uh, okay. Okay. Let's just yeah. Move on. Everyone says, oh, oh, they always go to the Trump card. Wouldn't you, if you had won three in five years, wouldn't you use that as a trump card? You know, because it's pretty fucking cool. That's true. That's true. I mean, you're a Yankees fan. Yeah, you should yeah. understand this. That's 27, right. 27. 27. I don't have to say it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Moving on. Okay. What are we talking about? Let's talk about baseball in the Dominican Republic. Let's talk Republic. about baseball. Oh, in the Dominican Republic. Got it. Yeah. Baseball in the Dominican Republic. Let's do it. So I just want to say, first off, I yeah. found a lot of this info on MLB.com slash DR. That's okay. their main homepage for baseball in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it is awesome. All right. It is a huge resource for news, information, history. Yeah. Uh, you can learn about these academies. You can learn about current players, past players. Interesting. The history of baseball in the Dominican Republic. That's kind of cool. It's really cool. You can view it in Spanish, yeah. obviously. So anybody who's interested in all this stuff, we're about to go into way too much detail. MLB.com slash DR? Slash DR. Mm. Yeah. I encourage you guys to have one for like... Go check it out. Puerto Rico and other places? 
Uh, that's a good question. I don't know. Because I didn't, I didn't research either about if there's academies and other. I would assume there are. You know what? When we watch those movies, we'll get there. There you go. <laughs> but MLB.com/dr. Uh, it's a really cool website. I yeah. learned yeah, from learn? that Adrian Beltre mm-hmm. was the first Dominican-born player to have 3,000 hits. Really? I also learned that Albert Pujols and Sammy Sosa are the only players born outside the U.S. Mm-hmm. to reach 600 home runs. Dude. Those were like just like news bits flashing on the website. <laughs> and I was like, this is awesome. I want to know more. <laughs> the point is, it's a really cool website. I encourage you all to go and check it out. Okay. So what representation do Dominican players have in Major League Baseball? Mm-hmm. I want to know this because obviously that's what this kind of whole story is you say what is percentage? About. What representation. Oh, okay. Yeah, percentage. Kind so here's what I found. This is off of their website. In 2014, yeah. that was the most recent year where they had published the full sure. scope of this study, there were 1,320 players across all of Major League Baseball in games that year. Okay. 143 of those were Dominican players. Just 143? Just 143. But that's 11%. Hey. So 11... And, and it's basically increased it's every year. Yeah. It's, it's not tons, but it's basically the percentage of Dominican players yeah. in all of players in Major League Baseball, mm-hmm. it's basically increased every year for 25 years. Okay. So it's on the rise. It's definitely higher than this. Right. This is a couple years old already. So but that, that's again, pretty cool. Kind of goes back to the the sad thing we were talking about. Where it's, it's true. Like, it's still a long. You shot. have a shot. It's, it's like, still a long you? shot. Yeah. Uh, I also found out that roughly a quarter of all the minor league players in the U.S. are mm-hmm. Dominican born. A quarter. So mm-hmm. there's a pretty high percentage of Dominican players yeah. in the minor leagues, which is about seven or eight thousand players. Okay. This is from. There's a great essay. It's called Pride and Passion: Baseball in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. It's on that website, mlb.com/dr. It's from John Thorne. Who's the official historian of Major League Baseball? I didn't know that. He's interviews in Ken. He's in the Ken Burns. He's Which the guy? guy with the mustache. He uh, kind of talks like this, and he tilts his head to the side. Okay. And he just yeah. says, Baseball is a wonderful game. To be honest, that sounds like a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. That's, talking about it. That's uh, that's basically thirteen hours. That's, yeah. <laughs> that's the series. Anyway, he's got this great essay about the history of uh, baseball in the Dominican Republic. Okay. So there are six clubs in the Dominican Winter League. There's the Tigers, the Lions. Do 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 these teams are they are they fueled from the academy? No, like, no, this is these, this completely separate. From I don't the know MLB. if they're fueled from the academy. So we'll get into the where the players come from in yeah. a sec. But this is separate from the minor league farm systems for the major leagues. Okay. This is the professional Dominican leagues. So Sugar's friend yeah. who came back with a 98 mile an hour fastball, he could have played. He very well could have gone on to play in the Dominican leagues. Okay, go on. So you got the Lions. We've got six teams. We've got the Tigers, the Lions, the Oriental Stars. I'm sorry, what? Estrellas Orientales. What an interesting name. Okay. That team is in San Pedro, which is where the movie takes place. Right. We also have the Eagles, the Giants. Hey, Gigantes. The Azucareros de Este, the Sugar Makers. Sugar. Look at that. Full circle. Each team also, I found this pretty cool. Each team represents not only a different constituency of the country, but also a different culture. So that's, oh. that's pretty cool. There's also, separate from that, a Dominican Summer League. So there are a lot of oh. other leagues yeah, yeah. in different countries and around the U.S. There's the Pacific Coast League, the Mexican League, the yeah. Gulf Coast League, Do and they then travel? all throughout the U.S. Yeah, they, they travel. They play. Each, yeah, they play each other. Uh, sometimes 
especially minor leaguers, but sometimes major league players mm-hmm. will play in the off season. I've heard about that, yeah. You know, with some of these leagues, especially in the Mexican. This is the league. summer league, so this is sort of the the multitudes of minor leagues yeah, yeah. that uh, that are going on during the regular major league baseball season. Um, I wonder. I but, know you probably didn't get this number, but now I'm wondering. You said how many people? Total in the major league playing in the in the MLB, uh, it's like a thousand, about a qu- seven. Oh, for major league, or yeah, for major leagues, it was like one hundred and fifty. Now I'm just very curious what the number outside of the major league worldwide. How many yeah. people are playing baseball? Baseball is the is more popular in the Dominican Republic than anywhere else outside of the U.S. Yeah, uh, as we are sort of experiencing yeah, yeah. right now. But the Dominican Summer League. This is a, this is one of the leagues that feeds into the minor league system for Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, every team has one, and about half the teams have two teams of the Dominican Summer League. So there's the DSL Mets and the DSL Mets Two. The Mets Two. They have two. They're like, so that's that's what I'm saying. It's like there are enough players in the Mets system wow. that they have two teams. In this league, and about half of the—they're literally called the Mets. They're two. called the DSL Mets One and DSL Mets Two. <clears throat> I think there's two Diamondback teams. I think there's two Cub teams. Like ha- half of the teams have okay. two teams. Interesting. In this league, there's only one Yankees. I looked it up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and honestly, the DSL Mets One and Two are probably both better than the real Mets. <laughs> Let's just be honest. <laughs> Can you imagine playing on? I'm on the Mets. Oh, you play for the Mets? Well, I'm on the Mets two. Oh, there's two teams. It's actually th- three. It's technically the Mets three. Honestly, you tell you tell that to a New Yorker, and they'd be like, "Oh, can't be worse than the real Mets." <laughs> That's probably very true. It's uh, it's 100 true. <laughs> also on this website, uh, you can find a list of every Dominican player in Major League Baseball, which is really cool. Okay. Uh, some of the stars, of course, some of the current stars. Yeah. Are playing. Does that pass and present? Past and present. Okay, cool. Some of the current stars, Adrian Beltre, Albert Pujols, Jose Batista, Robinson Cano. Candyman. Bartolo Colon, who is a uh, folk hero in the DR. Dude. Nelson Cruz. He's a folk hero here. What are you talking about? Yeah, everywhere. We love the guy. <laughs> Elvis Andres, Melky Cabrera, Luis Castillo, Starlin Castro. Oh, yeah. Some of the all-time greats, Vladimir Guerrero, Pedro Martinez, David Ortiz, Manny Ramirez, Sammy Sosa, Alfonso Soriano, Hanley Ramirez, Miguel Tejada. It's an amazing group of players and this by the way we should clarify these are dominican players born in the dominican republic right this isn't even dominican american players who are born here which is a whole other thing yeah moises alu and alex rodriguez right yeah players like that so clearly again the numbers are smaller but yeah proportionally there's a pretty big representation right of, they love of it the, of the dominican republic in major league baseball i watched a it's uh, really cool a mini documentary about about Robinson Cano and how he has his own academy in the in the DR. Every single team has an academy. Yeah. There are tons of independent. But this ones. is his own, right? This is his own. That's cool. um, and the documentary was called um, uh, La Sangre, which is the the blood. And they're just talking the whole thing. They're talking about how like does a player have the blood or not? Like is, like when they test wow. him, like does he have the sangre? Like is it in his genes? And like th- that's how they kind of view it. That's ironic because uh, Robinson Cano did not want his blood tested. It's so true. The whole time he was like, every time he was taking a swing, I was like, man, he looks pretty buff. <laughs> well, too buff, if you ask me. Amazing. Anyway, but, but like those, every single player you just listened, to, the whole time I was thinking like, oh, they got the sangre. <laughs> they got it. One last fact yeah. before we move on: baseball in the Dominican Republic 
is overseen by Kim Ng, who is on oh, our hey. top five women in all of baseball list. Yeah, go uh, Kim. Go back and listen to the episode on Take Me Out to the Ball Game. Yeah. Uh, we're talking about awesome women in baseball. But Kim Ng is Major League Baseball's senior vice president of baseball operations. And part of her job is overseeing all international baseball operations that come from the commissioner's office in Major League Baseball. Right. So this includes sort of overseeing relations with, you know, amongst other things, the baseball academies run by the teams in places like the Dominican Republic. Uh, she also is involved with international baseball relations in Venezuela, throughout Asia, and basically promoting baseball all around the world. So, Kimming, once again. Heck yeah, Kimming. You're awesome. Way I think to go. You're great. So that's sort of baseball in the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And here, you know, there's, there's about this is there's this sort of beautiful uh, two way relationship. Yeah. Know, of, especially yes. with these academies, we see yeah, major yeah. league baseball investing in the Dominican Republic right. as much as the players coming here are making a huge impact. And right. And then going back and trying to uh, help the DR. We, are affecting them as much as they are affecting us. Symbiotic, symbiotic. It's beautiful. It's a. Beautiful I will say, I did watch a, a Vice documentary about the dark side of it. Of course, and, and uh, I can get into it if you want. We're going to talk about the academies okay. in a little bit, right, so right. I, I think we're on the same. Sure, 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 sure. That. Um, but I, I wanted to find out. Yeah. Moving on a little bit, I wanted to find out how did baseball become so popular in the Dominican Republic. Hmm, that's because good, yeah. it was invented here. Yeah, yeah, it's America's yeah. pastime. When, did it, when did it catch on? Yeah, exactly. And become and this huge thing. What did you I find did, it? What I didn't know, not only oh. did I find it, yeah, yeah. but the history of baseball in the Dominican Republic yeah. is crazy. <laughs> okay. So let's dive in. Let's hear it. So the misnomer is that baseball was introduced by Americans in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Not true. Who's who's the one? White people, stop taking credit. Get out of here, white people. Things you didn't do. <laughs> That's like our main always. thing, though, Andrew. <laughs> you can't take away the thing that we when we take away from other people. <laughs> baseball was introduced to the Dominican Republic by Cuban players, oh, actually. Okay. That makes sense. Basically, Cuban intellectuals who had gone to study in the United States mm-hmm. and also soldiers who were stationed in Cuba mm-hmm. in the 1800s. Wow. Uh, the 1860s. Wow. Yeah, that's when baseball came to Latin America right. through Cuba. And then there was a war called the Ten Years' War mm-hmm. in Cuba. And this forced a lot of uh, a lot of Cubans... Refugees. Refugees to flee yeah. the country, many of whom were passionate baseball fans. Mm. So they came, amongst other places, to the Dominican Republic. Yeah. And they brought the game in the 1880s. Wow, dude. How crazy is that? That's crazy. Really crazy. That's 20 That's so years cool. after Abraham yeah. Lincoln. They're playing baseball in the Dominican Republic. That's insane. That is crazy. That's amazing. You think about how long the game has... What was going on in 1880? Did you look that up? Uh, baseball way? Just in the world? Oh, I, I didn't look that up. I don't know. You keep talking. I'll look it up. So, anyway, these these uh, uh, Cuban refugees introduced the game of baseball to the Dominican Republic. That's so cool. That effort to to bring the game in was very successful and it really caught on so baseball takes off in the dominican republic by the 1920s there are four teams they are the tigers the stars 
the Eagles, and the Lions of the Chosen Ones. Whoa. What a great team. The Lions Dude, of the Chosen Ones. is one. their mascot Aslan? <laughs> I want more teams like this, frankly. Dude, that's incredible. Like, the Giants are cool. Like, that's a cool team name, but, like, yeah. Giants of the Domineering Land. You know, something like that. I don't know. It's, just, oh, yeah, just, like, more words. Just, just like a yeah. sentence as the team name would be awesome. So but anyway, these four teams, the Tigers, the Stars, the Eagles, and the Lions of the Chosen One, uh, today these are considered the founding teams of the Dominican League, and they're still going on today. They added two more teams to expand it uh, later on. But uh, yeah, that sort of started the professional league in the Dominican Republic. That's awesome. Then in the 1930s, there was a military coup, and the dictator Rafael Leonidas Trujillo took over. He's a big baseball fan. <laughs> And, and and I've read up on this guy who was terrible, okay. but he was actually a fan of the game. Okay, is the thing kind of like Kim Jong Un loves basketball. Yeah, that's right. Exactly, yeah. Yeah, exactly yeah. like that. Okay. Not only is he an actual fan of the game, mm-hmm. but he kind of realized, oh, this could be used as a strong tool for nationalism, and uh, basically as a, a nationalist political tool. Right. So. What he did was he merges the Tigers and the Lions into one team. The leader of the country. The leader of the country. Intervened into the league. The league. <laughs> merges the two teams. So yeah. instead of the Tigers and the Lions, he combines them. And to the Ligers. To the Trujillo Dragons. Oh, that's for 19, good name. For the 1937 season. Here's the thing. The merger was so successful, the Dragons won the Dominican Professional League Championship that year. Okay. But the inflation caused by doing this, his actions as dictator, oh. basically ruining the economy, yeah. cripples the league, and the whole thing ends. So he comes in, <laughs> he takes over, he makes his own team in yeah. his name, yeah. they win, and the league dies. That's bonkers. It's cr- what a crazy, what a crazy. Just imagine like Kim Jong Un if he recruited like okay. Mike Trout, yeah. Francisco Lindor, Jacob Degrom, you're gonna, I'm gonna use you guys you as a as political, that's <laughs> a political tool for power. Wow, what a crazy, is, yeah, what I'm crazy trying to like the, the equivalent is mind-boggling yeah. to think of. When he created that team, mm-hmm. he recruited Satchel Paige, what, Josh Gibson, and Cool Papa Bell. Like he brought them down. He brought them down to play on the Dragons. Wow. So he again, made the first super team. From this is from uh, Thorne's essay yeah. again, the official Mister of Major League Baseball. He wrote for a brief moment, perhaps making it the best baseball club anywhere in the world. Wow, that's amazing. He was just missing Kevin Durant. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's wow, inc- that's incredible. That's really crazy. Okay, um, I, wait, really briefly. I looked up what was going on in baseball on? in 1880. Tell me, Paul. The what best fact on? I found was the Polo Grounds hosted its first uh, baseball game. Wow. So it was just built that's in 1880. Amazing. So when baseball was, uh, what were you saying was going on? In the that was when AD? baseball was introduced to the Dominican right. Republic. It was starting to really take off in the States as well. Do you think anyone even thought about that? Like people, no, people no, no went way. to the polo grounds no. and they were like, look at this amazing structure. Before, we're, watching a, we're watching a baseball game in a building. Yeah, totally. That's amazing. They would, the only way they would have known about it is if like a journalist had gone and told the story and come back. Because like the, during that time, like, your world really was just your immediate town. Yeah. And, or, or, and maybe other states. While that's happening, yeah. baseball is being played on an island <laughs> thousands of miles away in a different country. Yeah. And it wouldn't be integrated 
for another 60 years. Ooh. Jackie Robinson's not going to come Dang. almost 70 years after that. Right. That's insane. And ushered in the door to have literally some of the best players of all time <laughs> come play. What an amazing history this game has. I love it. Anyway, go on. Cool. Baseball has disappeared from the Dominican Republic. Right. Uh, or I, I should say professional baseball has disappeared from the Dominican Republic because the economy is crippled by mm-hmm. the dictator. But what happens is it has become so popular that amateur baseball just spreads mm-hmm. through the country like wildfire. Okay, sure. Especially now that there's no professional team. Right. They still go they play, got to have outlets. Play streetball yeah. ourselves. Let's play sandlot baseball. Right. So it sort of experiences kind of a kind of a reemergence uh, about 10 years later. And it becomes so popular once again that this is this is insane. When professional baseball disappeared, amateur baseball was nonetheless still flourishing. Despite a plane crash in 1948 that killed half the team, a determined Dominican Republic squad went on to dominate its international competition and took home first place in an amateur championship. Wait, when? When? What? So in the 40s, yeah. there was an amateur team. It was so talented and successful yeah. that who were they playing? Other teams in the just, DR or I, I think it's Puerto just Rico a, and other places. Yeah, I think it's just an amateur yeah. tournament. Yeah, which they won despite a plane crash killing half the team. That's crazy. That's so tragic and wow. yet amazing. Yeah, you know, just nineteen forties, nineteen forty-eight. Wow, yeah, that's one year after Jackie Robinson integrated baseball. That's crazy. This is going on south of the U.S. So again, uh, today they they added some teams to the league. Today that there are, there are six teams. They have a regular season schedule of fifty games, and then there's a Dominican World Series championship. Okay. And the victor of the Dominican League also that team goes on and plays in the Caribbean World Series, and they're usually pretty successful. They kick ass. Right. So just there's so much baseball in Latin America. It's amazing. Dang. Yeah, we could do a whole podcast just on that. That's kind of what we're doing right now. I mean, an episode. <laughs> I mean, I'm talking about like oh, multiple, a whole show. Yeah, a whole show. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 oh yeah, yeah. it's so true. In 1964, Felipe Alou, who is the father of Moises Alou, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. Both giants at one point. He called for a, quote, Latin American ball player's bill of rights. Because like Puerto Rico's Roberto Clemente, he understood wow. the unique problems. Was this when he was a player? Yeah. Yeah. Actually, I have no idea. <laughs> what, what year? 1964. Then yes, it was when he was a player. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. Yeah, it couldn't have been much earlier. Um, Bill of Rights for Latin players? He understood the unique problems faced by Latin ballplayers in the United States. The language barrier, xenophobia, racism, the fear of not making it, and being returned to poverty at home. Boy, that sounds familiar. Whoa. Yeah, this was in 1964. That's crazy. So it's, uh, you know, the... Philippe, he's from the, the, the Dominican? Yes, I think so. Okay. Because Moises Lou was then born here. Right. Dominican-American player. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, so Major League Baseball scouts uh, from talent from the Dominican Republic, they have for years. You know, again, we say that the, the representation right now is about 11% of Major League Baseball players are Dominican-born, a uh, quarter of all minor leaguers. And again, we kind of can't stress this enough, thousands of players playing this game throughout the Dominican Republic. It's crazy. In some capacity or another. And, like, we're just talking about the Dominican as well. Yeah. It's popular in Puerto Rico. Cuba. It's popular in Cuba. It's popular in Venezuela. The Caribbean. Literally almost every Latin country. Yeah. Mexico. Like, it's such a popular sport. So, yeah, that's the history. That's, that's the, the whole history. That's the history of <laughs> baseball in the Dominican Republic. It's pretty crazy. Yeah. It's been a political tool 
been a civil rights engine. That dictator fact was nuts. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. So finally, okay, we arrive to talk about these baseball academies. Oh, let's do it. So I did a bunch of research on this. Yeah. Which again, this is like the first third of the movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Is showing Sugar's life mm-hmm. in one of these baseball academies about ten years ago. So a lot of these academies, or the, rather the first of these baseball academy experiments, because yeah. yeah. that's what it was. What were, year? They were started in the 1980s. Okay. I couldn't find like an exact time, but sure. I remember reading that uh, in Moneyball. That kind of spurned the the idea to like, hey, let's look for talent in the Dominican right. Republic. It's rife here, yeah, I'm sure, yeah. There's a whole there's if when you really think about it, there's a whole parallel history of like civil rights and integration mm-hmm. in the game, mm-hmm. combined with let's just find where the talent is, right, and yeah. if. That's a little Doesn't bit matter of matter the, what they are. Yeah, that's a little bit of the unspoken history of Jackie Robinson. Of that's the yeah Branch what's his Ricky, name Branch Ricky. Yeah, Branch Ricky. Can we talk like, about how his first name is Branch? <laughs> what a cool guy! No one's talking about that enough, and I feel like we need to talk about how his name is Branch. It's, he pulls it off. <laughs> He's named after a part of a tree. Branch Ricky. Though. Do you know any other famous branches? Not yet. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think when he says um, when he said like. Like, oh, that's branches. Like, don't touch that coffee mug. That's branches. Do you think he, people in their mind would think branches apostrophe S or branches like spelled like multiple branches? I've never given it some thought. How have we not talked about how his name is Branch? Sorry. Okay, go on. All I was trying to say <laughs> is part of these academies came from that idea of where are we going to find a gap in the right. market. Where are we going to find talent where no one else is looking at it? The Dominican Republic. Not only are we going to wait for players to try and get to the U.S., Just let's invest to there, yeah. let's train them, because if one of them clicks, it could be so helpful for our ball club. Part of that was uh, Sandy Alderson, who we'll get back to in a second. Okay. But when these started, they were not the best. Obviously, they certainly weren't what they are right. kind of today, and we had really shitty conditions. Yeah. They were run like sweatshops. Yeah, uh, I I've got here, uh, up until about 10 years ago, which is when the movie takes place, mm-hmm. really less. It's like seven or eight years, because yeah. well, I'll get there. And they brought, when they did the research, it was probably a couple of years before they made it. You know, It's so. true. It's true. So uh, up until the sort of mid-2000s, sweatshop-like conditions dozens to a room with stacked bunks oh no poor food like cheese and bread bugs in the how room. many Just, did a lot of teams have not at that at that point i think every team did have oh, facilities man. there but they weren't what they are today which yeah. are kind of did someone like do an article about that there was something? a there was an investigation into it so mm. sandy alderson uh-huh. who again in the 80s he was with the oakland athletics kind of he's one of these important figures in like the history of Moneyball. yeah kind of pioneered the idea of, hey, let's look more at the Dominican Republic for right. talent. He is working for Major League Baseball. Is that at the Jonah time. Hill's character? No, no, no. Who's he's, Sonny Alderson? He, Should I know about this person? Uh, Might yeah. cut this out? He is the... <laughs> <laughs> no, we're leaving it in. Uh, Sandy Alderson is currently the GM of the Mets. Oh, okay. Uh, he was working at the front office for the Oakland A's. Mm-hmm. Um, he's, he's Billy Bean's mentor. Okay. Is that's, he in the movie? He's not in the movie. He had moved well, then on. That's that why I don't know about him, Andrew. <laughs> Do you like baseball? No. <laughs> so he was, Sandy Alderson was the GM of the Mets, but actually the season had to step down oh. uh, for to go to the hospital for cancer. Oh, no. So we wish 
Sandy yeah. Alderson, we wish you a speedy recovery. Dang. We really appreciate what you've done for baseball. Yeah. We're going to talk about you in a couple podcasts, I think. But right now we're talking about what you did for the Dominican Republic. So, again, in like the 2010s, Sandy Alderson led an investigation into the conditions of all of these baseball academies yeah. that every team has started in the Dominican Republic. And he basically published a study that was like, we got to do better. It's yeah. not, it's not good enough. And since then, all 30 teams have revamped their facilities in the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. And today, they're pretty amazing. Yeah. No, yeah. They look like um, the spring training complexes. You yeah. know? So these academies, which oh, I have some pictures. Uh, well, you know. Yeah. I'll show you later. Paint a picture with your words. They're, they're like hotels. They, they, they're <laughs> they're, they're, very, like they're nice, very nice. Yeah. Nice hotels. Okay, so, so these, it's a stark contrast to most living conditions in the Dominican Republic. That's true. Yeah. That's very true. So what's at these academies? So these baseball academies include dormitories for players and coaches. Yeah. They feature playing fields, multiple playing fields. Yeah. Most of them have two, sometimes three. They've got weight rooms, training facilities. They've got clubhouses. They have classrooms. Right. They've got recreational areas for the players. It's, it's, it's a complex yeah, yeah, yeah. Is, is what it is. It's a whole, it's a whole thing. It's a whole compound. This is pretty cool. They provide education for current players, prospects, and release players. Okay, well, this is what I wanted to get into. This is the documentary that I watched. The problem with most of these academies, and this was made, this documentary that I watched was like in, it's a couple of years old, so the, the, we're on the road to fixing it, but at the time that it was made, only one, I think it was the, oh boy, I believe it was the Diamondbacks. Should have wrote it down. Didn't. Good job. Thank you. Um, you can look it up yourself, listeners. Uh, <laughs> at the time, uh, the only club, there was one club that was offering schooling. Because mm. the problem was these players, and Sugar really highlights this, players quit school at a very young age, 14, yeah. 15. They get signed by these teams. They go to the academy. They learn baseball. They they do it for a couple of years. Sometimes mm-hmm. they get signed to a minor league team. They leave the state. They go to the state's. And then they get cut, and now they're nineteen, twenty. They have no education. Wow. All they know is baseball. Yeah. And they come back home, and what are they going to do? That's true. It and takes so it, it takes those sort of develop, fundamental developmental yeah. years. Yes. Away and it just from completely robs them some it, other education. And, and it's like yes, baseball. they're letting them join this academy and giving them a chance, but it's if anything, it's exacerbating, exacer- exacerbating, exacerbating the situation. It's making uh-huh. it worse almost. Sure. And so they were interviewing these dudes who, who like, that's exactly what happened. And one was working at a gas station who used to play in the minors. And mm. uh, so the Diamondbacks are one of the only ones that offer schooling as of right when that documentary was made. That if they're released, they can they can t- continue the schooling. Yeah, um, I think. If when we said it's a couple years on again, yeah. I got a lot of my information off of Major League Baseball, so take it right. all with a grain of salt uh, yeah, because totally, you know, they they, they very might subjective be, uh, yeah, facts, little, a little PR twist. Um, but I think it sounds like what you brought up is sort of definitely valid concerns from yeah. the way things had been run. I mean, we we're talking you know sweatshop conditions even totally, before yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. it feels like things are getting better yeah you know and and progressing because the, yeah go ahead well just uh, I, again it's it's on their website they make such a big yeah. deal about promoting that at these academies at all of them yeah not just one or two teams sure sure all of them 
Uh, they're providing education for players that includes English, computer skills, yeah. general life education, reading, writing, courses about life in the United States. Right. And specifically, I wrote it down, preparing players for vocational training as they transition out of baseball. Right. So it Which seems, is so important. Yeah. I mean, and as we saw um, in the movie, even just 10 years ago, such a sort of missing, you know, he gets out of baseball and... What's he gonna do? Because in the movie, they they have like a a quote unquote English class, but it's literally a guy. He's repeating. He's repeating phrases that they can yeah, say, which run. is like home run, home run, yeah, fly ball, fly ball, yeah. And they just do that. Which oh, that guy was an actual is the real guy. I mean, sure. I saw in an interview like that when they because they went down there to research again. We we don't know the actual. We haven't been to the baseball academy, right, right, right. So we don't know the actual state of it, but. It seems like even from ten years ago, from when some of these movies that we're talking about came out, yeah. it seems like baseball, it's getting better. baseball under maybe under the leadership of Kim Ng, because yeah, probably you know she came in you know around that time. The one guy, he, I think uh, it was the. Seems dime. like things are moving in the right direction, yeah. and, and baseball is becoming a little bit more concerned with not just how do we milk these players for their physical talents, because that's really what it was, for but decades. you know helping develop young men yeah. give them an education show them the importance of education and preparing them for life right which if that is the case that would be great that's great that would be pretty cool one of the guys i think the i think it was the diamondbacks he was talking about how not only do they offer english classes but it doesn't help if they also don't really speak spanish very well because they're sure. grabbing them when they're 13 14 yeah. before they really have any proper like high school schooling and so they'll give them spanish lessons like like mm-hmm. we would take english like grammar if you can't understand your own language on a, on a good level like you can't learn another language you know Amazing. so yeah they're, they're starting to get better for sure yeah a few a few other things that have been uh, promoted on the website club sponsored community service projects so mm. that the players can be involved with promoting youth education in their communities sure that would be amazing internship programs showcases for prospective talent tournaments between some of these minor league teams and of course there's a whole league for amateur prospects as well that mm-hmm. aren't even Signed. Know, signed at this level right quite yet they also promote that they run equipment donation programs for youth baseball and education programs for coaches and parents of players cool so again it's you know we've seen that some of these things aren't good conditions aren't yeah. terrific and yet they're getting better it feels like things are moving in the right direction and right. baseball is really realizing the opportunity of a place like this totally to invest in education yeah community service and thank god for like for people in the community that guy you were saying what's his name the mets guy sandy alderson sandy alderson but also like journalists as well to sure shine the light on go hey what you're doing is cool but also making it worse so yeah, please fix this exactly um, as we said every team has one of these sort of state-of-the-art academies they've sort of become so successful mm-hmm. in their baseball education mm-hmm. specifically that a lot of major league teams send their american players to these academies to learn new talents or new positions oh, that's or cool. whatever right uh the most famous example of this is mike piazza mike piazza right. was drafted as a first baseman mm-hmm. and tommy lasorda said you have a really good bat you're not going to play first base you will get more out of your baseball career if you learn to be a catcher mm. and the dodgers after they drafted him, they sent him to their baseball academy to learn how to be a catcher. Wow. And he stayed there for, I think... In the in the Dominican? In the Dominican Republic. Wow. He stayed there for eight or nine months learning how to catch. That's cool. You know, living amongst these, yeah. you know, prospects hoping to make it. Yeah, yeah. He was a prospect hoping to make it. He was drafted the, like the 600th round or some crazy thing. Like, wow. He was a nobody. Yeah, yeah. You know, and then came back and went on to be Mike Piazza. Wow. Hall of Famer. 
So there is so much that comes out of these academies. Mm-hmm. It sounds like from education, community service, you know, but also just the, the heart of it is, yeah, we're going to send the best teachers in the world to make you into really good baseball players. You know, yeah. if you've got the blood, the sangre. <laughs> and the thing about that, the Robinson Cano thing was that his dad is, was also a, a player, right? And he's the one that teaches down at the academy, and wow, he's the one that cool. taught Robinson Cano. So all these kids are going to the academy, like, okay, well, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like, I'm gonna be Robinson Cano. I'm gonna get the sangre. He's gonna teach me that and try to uh, to become the next Robinson Cano. Man, he was such a hero in the Bronx because the Bronx yeah. is a huge Dominican neighborhood. As sure, well. yeah, yeah. And they loved Robinson Cano and I Alex bet. Rodriguez yeah. so much. This was right around, you know, two thousand. Well, Who did Sugar say his favorite player was? Roberto Clemente. No, no, no. That was well at the end. At the but, end. But initially, he asked him because Brad Johnson said, "Who's your favorite player?" Is it Robinson Cano? And Sugar think, said, "I think." It's, did he say Robinson? I think Cano? he said. Robinson. I think you're right. I think it was. Yeah. And then he said, "Who's yours?" And Brad said, "Robert Roberto Clemente." And he's like, true. "Who's that?" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> cool. <laughs> Very cool. So something else I wanted to find out. Yeah, what you find out? Uh, who's the first Dominican player to play in the United States? Let's hear it, buddy. Because this is like a. Like a Jackie Robinson moment. Yeah, totally. Uh, but nowhere near the fame and press and no, yeah, historical yeah. legacy. Was the, wh- 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 okay, go ahead. Of Jackie Robinson. So, okay, so the first Dominican-born player to play in the major leagues yeah, yeah. was Osvaldo Virgil. Osvaldo? Osvaldo. That's the name of the of the carpenter guy in Sugar. Oh, is it really? I think that's a coincidence, that's but yeah. That's amazing. So he was the first Dominican player to play Major League Baseball in 1956. His family emigrated to the U.S. 1956. 1956. Okay. His family emigrated to the U.S. from the DR when he was 13, and he lived in the Bronx. He served in the Marines from 1950 to 1952. When he got out, he signed a contract with the Giants. Hey! How about that? He was a third baseman and a utility man. And then on September 23rd, 1956, he became the first native Dominican to play in the majors when he started for the Giants at third base against the Philadelphia Phillies. Did he go with him to San Francisco? Because that's only a couple of years before. He jumped all over. So he oh, okay. played from 1956 to 1969. He played on the Giants, the Tigers, the Oakland A's, the Orioles, and the Pirates. Uh, after his playing career was done, he stayed in baseball, and he was a coach for 19 seasons Jeez. after that. Pretty amazing guy. Mostly he played third base, but he was a utility guy. He played everything except pitcher and center field. Wow. He even taught himself how to catch so that he would have more opportunity to play. That's amazing. Which is pretty awesome. Before they had baseball academies in the Dominican. He did it himself. Trailblazer. He had to wow. do everything himself. That's cool. And he was elected to the Hall of Fame in 2008. I found I found a quote of his, which is pretty cool. Oh, let's hear it. Um, talking about when he broke the barrier and played in his first major league game. Because okay. he, he signed in 53, so he was in the minors for oh, a couple okay. years sure, before sure. he played for yeah, major yeah, yeah, yeah. baseball. But he said about his first game, it was very hot, and we were playing the last game of a series of three against Philadelphia. I was placed on third base and went 0 for 4, but I felt as if I'd finished 4 for 4. Mm. I had been upgraded from the minors two or three days before, and I knew I would be the first of my small country to arrive in the best baseball league in the world. But what I never suspected was in that time, it would become something ordinary. Isn't that amazing? Yeah, like that's he, interesting. First of all, knowing that you're going to break this record, yeah. but his dream is this becomes ordinary. This just becomes it's just, normal. Yeah. It's normal to see Dominican players yeah. in the major leagues. That's beautiful. That that's beautiful. A, that's amazing. He, and he got to play with Willie Mays. Look at that. <laughs> How about this? Yeah. In 1958, he became the first black ball player for the Detroit Tigers, who were one of the last teams in the league to break really? the racial barrier. 
And in his Robinson again was forty. Jackie Robinson was forty-seven. Seven. This is ten years wow. after that. Been He's the first long. black player of any ethnicity Dang. to play for the Tigers. Yeah. Crazy. And in his Tigers debut, he went five for five. Which Way is better than four for four. <laughs> oh, wow. for four. Over four. Well, in his head, he went four for four. But yeah, yes, that's you're right. True. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So. A lot, a lot of Dominican-born players have talked about this, this guy. This guy's a hero. He's the, yeah, he's, it's amazing that I get to play. He's their Jackie Robinson. Yeah, yeah. and they, they, Dave Ortiz gave a quote saying like, this, "He should be a bigger. He should be as big as Jackie Robinson. Right, or, yeah. You know what Jackie Robinson is to African American players. Sure. You know this guy should be to." Speaking to of David us. Ortiz, I also watched a little mini documentary about Ortiz and his story of how he came. Do tell. Well, let me tell you. Obviously, him. He's from the Dominican Republic. Mm-hmm. Him and Pedro, they were friends down there. Mm-hmm. In got, the Dominican Republic? Yeah. They were friends there. They knew, I think they, they played with each other, like, kind of like Sugar. Wow. And um, he got signed to the Mariners first. Um, and he was playing with the Mariners. And then he got cut. And he went back down to uh, the Dominican. Uh-huh. And he called Pedro. I think Pedro called him. I don't remember. But he, I think one of he was just like, I got cut, man. It's the worst. Do, do you know where Pedro was at the time? Was He, he, was, the, in, he was in he Boston. Was, Pedro was in Boston? He was already in Boston. Wow. And Pedro was like, dude, you need to be playing. Cause he, and then he tells the story of how Ortiz was the only one that could pull a uh, an inside fastball from Pedro mm-hmm. and hit it out. And he was like, no, dude, you're so good. You need to be playing with us. And so he talked to his GM. He was like, dude, you need to sign this guy. Wow. And they were like, okay. <laughs> and then they signed David Ortiz, and the rest is history. Amazing. Isn't that crazy? He's Those two, I remember... Because I remember the rival, the Yankee Red Sox rivalry was like at it, one of its heights yeah. when I was a kid. Sure. Growing yeah. up on the East Coast, you know, 96 to 2003. I mean, it was amazing. Big? It was yeah. amazing. And I remember, because we had the Yankees have an amazing team. Sure. But I remember the only two players in all of baseball I ever, ever <laughs> feared yeah. were David Ortiz and Pedro sure. Martinez. When I knew that Pedro was pitching or Ortiz came up to the plate, I was scared. Dude, I was, I yeah. was. I was a little kid. My emotions were raw. I was yeah. like, everything's going to come crumbling down. <laughs> These guys are terrifying. They're Yankee killers. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, they yeah. were. Yeah. They were amazing, both yeah. of them. I love them. I have one more thing. A little bit more research I did. If we can leave the uh, Dominican. I didn't really know about the whole idea of minor league players living in homes of people. Oh, amazing. Um, so I looked that up a little bit. Because, again, for if you haven't seen the movie, when he goes after spring training, he gets signed to a minor league team in Iowa, mm-hmm. which again is such a contrast to where he was. Yeah. There's a great shot of, so there's sort of a celebration at home and he's right in the mix of his own cult, like the, yeah. the height of his own culture at home <laughs> yeah. with his family. And then it cuts and he's on a bus and there's corn just out corn the window everywhere. And it's just, it's striking. Yeah. So when he gets there, he stay, he literally is staying with, these old people, these, this mm-hmm. family, that it's a thing. They establish right away, like, oh, this is what happens to players who are either from another country or it just, and sometimes it's just too expensive to rent an apartment or stay at a hotel. Wow. So families will volunteer to house these dudes. Amazing. And it becomes this like whole thing where like, uh, here, I got some quotes here. And especially in Vancouver, for some reason, there's a minor league team in Vancouver. Um, it's very evidently extremely expensive to live in Vancouver. And so um, the director of ticket operations, uh, Jason Takeman, well done. that's a heck of a name. It's literally take and then F and then man. No idea how you spot to say that. 
he was saying that like, these families do really become close with the, the players. Um, and this is a quote, the families will continue to keep tabs on their players, visiting them in spring training, the following season and things like that. We've had players invite host families to their weddings, even use them as references on mortgage applications. Wow. Uh, and, but then it also gets tricky with like, they, they have to know every intimate detail about the family too, before they assign them to a player. So sure. like, are they allergic to cats? How mm. big are they? And like, this is a quote, uh, maybe some families will ask for a pitcher because they want to cheer on their player, but can't go to every game. <laughs> um, wow. but no one seems to want coaches though. It's because he can't cheer for a coach. <laughs> uh, and one family, they were saying that like we have a basement room that they can stay in, but mm-hmm. the ceiling's like only like it's like f- goes up to like oh, five yeah. eight. And so the, the guy was like, "Okay, you're talk. probably going to get a second basement." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I thought that was a cool uh, insight wow. to to that side. That of is baseball. really cool. I never really thought about before. Never yeah. Really knew. Well, it totally makes sense too because it's such a it's such an uncertain experience of like these guys might get at any point sent down or sent up and just be gone and you can't you know just like that pay for an apartment what if an apartment sits empty for six months some of these guys they don't they don't make a lot of money there's it's a current thing right now talking about the minor league players unionizing sure because they really don't make that much money yeah especially like the single a dudes what a i mean like any sort of exchange or study abroad experience like what a what a beautiful way to sort of facilitate uh, you know uh exchange of culture yeah, you know, and I, I, I would love to. I'm sure some of these small town families have these great stories of. Oh my god, I can't know, even. Yeah, uh, what they've learned from these players and what you said of the players bringing them to their weddings is that's that's beautiful. That's wonderful. It really is. Okay, I want to introduce a new segment to the to our podcast. A whole segment. It's a segment. Does it have a title? Is it a segment is called title? Shitty IMDb Trivia. <laughs> Shitty IMDb. It's going to be a two-second segment, but <laughs> I just, I feel like after the movie ended, I was like, ah, usually the first thing I do, I go to IMDb <laughs> just to see like Honestly, if there's some too. quick yeah. fun facts. Listeners, we get a lot of this shit from like the most obvious place. <laughs> like, <laughs> IMDb, no, you found the Wikipedia. MLB DR. Yeah, anyway, I, I went to the MLB website. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not researching in depth. <laughs> um, so I found. <laughs> So there's trivia, right? But there's also the the goofs section. So that's what the segment would be called. Uh-huh. Baseball goofs. Goofs. Because here's the thing. Who are these people that people? sit there watching a movie and then go, roll up my sleeves and type on my keyboard, this movie messed up this continuity. <laughs> like, who are these? Like, yeah, what, especially if, what for is this their life? Movie. It's not right? Marvel, guys. <laughs> I know. It's not Star so Wars. Whoever, just chill out. It's so, a nice little movie. So the, the best mistake I found... <laughs> <laughs> was <clears throat> while sugar is riding the bus in Iowa for spring training, the corn in the fields has tasseled at a time when the soil and weather would prevent it from being planted. <laughs> you told them <laughs> you, bad movie. You showed them that zero stars. <laughs> and then it says two two of four found this interesting. <laughs> anyway, so that's you, baseball goofs. Did you find it interesting? That fact? Oh, I love that fact. Big so, fan. Ruined the movie for me, honestly. <laughs> I had the same thought as I saw the corn going by. I um, mean, this the corn ruins everything. <laughs> now there's no magic field of dreams because the corn's not tasseled correctly. Um, one more weird uh, thing was that I found, um, when I went to rent the movie on, uh-huh. on Voodoo. Okay. It's, hard, it's a little hard to find. It is a little hard to find, yeah, which is sad. But there's a description of the movie. Yeah. And I feel like you probably saw this, too. I did see the same thing. So I have it up here. A Dominican teenager, Miguel Sugar Santos, travels to the Midwest to play for the swing of the Quad Cities after seeing the movie Field of Dreams. Yeah. 
That never happened. That's not this movie at all. Like we're like and like I'll be honest. That synopsis kind of set me up for a romantic kind of baseball movie. <laughs> yeah, it's I true. kept expecting it to happen. As soon as you went to Iowa, I was like, oh, here it comes. I, I thought the same thing. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is the corn, of course. There was that scene with Brad when he was like, oh, you don't know about Roberto Clemente? Dude, yeah. I thought he was going to be like, have you ever seen Field of Dreams? Yeah. And he was going to be like, no. And they're going to watch it and bond. And I think that never happened. I think I actually rethought of that. Like when he's in the arc, I was like, yeah. you never watched Field of Dreams. <laughs> right. Yeah. So like, how did this, how did that happen? That's on the official Voodoo app. You know app. what it is? You know what it is? What is it? It's Anna Bowden and Ryan Fleck. Just trying to One throw you more, off. Set a, setting us up for Hollywood <laughs> expectations. One more time in the description on Voodoo uh, app. I would love to interview them for real, though. Yeah. I mean, that's not going to happen now that they did, uh, they're doing Captain Marvel. But. <laughs> yeah. Oh, uh, us. Yeah, us. us. Yeah, yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to happen. This is never going to happen. Uh, that would be my first question. They did. What the hell is this? They, it does say on Wikipedia that they just started hearing the stories of these guys and then kind of got interested and then started reading and doing all this research. Right. And like... Then they were just writing I saw, the movie. I saw an interview. Where the, it really came out of he found out, and he's an A's fan, uh, mm-hmm. the, the dude. What's Ryan. Ryan. Because he's the baseball fan in the, uh, in the partnership. When he found out that the, every single team has an academy in the Dominican, he was like, mm-hmm. okay, wait a second. <laughs> oh, Let's do a story about this because this is crazy. I did not know this. This is 2009. Um, yeah. When did the 10th inning come out? <laughs> oh, yeah, I wonder I if you watched the 10th inning yeah. and then was like, huh, interesting. Yeah, and now we have totally. this movie. It's very possible. Yeah. No, they, they started researching it yeah. and just got so caught up in yeah. the truthful, yeah. these these true stories. Yeah. And then just like kind of started, like, I think I think I read that they heard just like one too many anecdotes. So it was like, that's insane. Yeah. And well, they, they, yeah. When they went to go talk to those guys. Movie. Yeah. And they, they were writing it for a while. And then they were like, okay, well, we have to go. Because it got to a point where, like, we don't know enough totally. So, so did they go down there? So they went down there and then researched it there. Wow. And that's how they they really, really did flesh out the movie. I mean, that's why it's so authentic. Yeah, yeah it totally. Just, it just so comes through. I love that. This... And that guy, the lead actor, by the way, that's his first movie ever. That's true. Yeah. He's a baseball player. Yeah. He played ball down there. Yeah, yeah. And then... I think they met him while they were just researching the film, yeah, and getting ready for it. They liked his authenticity, and uh, and this is his first film. Yeah, he's been in a, a couple other things, but he's gonna be in Captain Marvel. They've got a part. Oh, that's yeah. great news yeah. for for him. He does a great job. He was really good, and they yeah. did say they said, um, and it harkens back to the how how raw and visceral this movie was. They were really looking for someone that was not too far from what this character was. Mm-hmm. So they wanted someone that really was just kind of like this guy yeah. and who wouldn't be very like over the top acting wise, someone who mm-hmm. could just just be, just exist. Yeah. Um, and he did a great job. It so that. comes through. It's so yeah. you know, he's living his story. Yeah. Totally. Essentially. And I think that's why you feel that authenticity just right. like dripping in every frame. Yeah, it's really it's good. good. Except I think I read somewhere that he's a sh- he was a shortstop. Oh, and yeah. of course, the story is about him as a pitcher, pitcher. But he's one of those converts. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, it, being a pitcher makes sense, you know, because it's it's our quarterback. Yeah, there's the a quarterback there's a there's a center stage. Yeah. that that takes place. Everything starts with you. Everything starts literally with every you. play. It's um, uh, it's higher stakes for you yeah. as an individual because you only play once every five days. Yeah, yeah. Totally. You know, or when you're a relief pitcher, no more pressure. You know, two days, three days off, something yeah. like that. Um. Yeah, so it it makes sense that the story is about totally a pitcher, but 
Yeah, really good performances. Yeah, every everybody in this movie, but this he really great. just takes yeah, you know, takes this movie and runs with it totally. And I can't wait to see what else he does as an actor. Yeah, I, I guess like he's in some other boxing movie. I didn't. Look, yeah, I didn't look that up. But uh, and Captain Marvel, Captain Marvel. So let's rate this movie. Let's do it. What do you think? Um, yeah, I have two ideas. I couldn't decide. <laughs> I came okay. I, I, th- I thought of one as we were talking because okay, <laughs> I didn't think of it before we started, which is sad because this is my favorite part. Yeah. So, I would say so again. Yeah. If it's not clear, this movie's really good. It's very good. I highly recommend. Definitely go and see. If this you're movie. a baseball fan, which yeah. you probably are, because you're listening to this podcast, <laughs> no, it's a must. It's a must watch if you're a baseball fan. I, I agree. I think if you like good movies, definitely also a must watch. Yeah, it's so good. Yeah, as a baseball movie it's for a great, sure. It's a great movie. Yeah, it's and like we said, it transcends movie. the genre. It's just a really cool. cool and it's movie. just again, I think I said this at the beginning of the show, but it's just so nice to see a movie that's not will the team win? You know, get to the championship. Yeah. You know, like it's not the story that we've heard not so many times. Which that's, and that's the I movie, love that story. That's, that's the a great line. story. I love that there are thirty movies that tell that story. Totally, but I you need even that more love that. Yeah. Here's a story that we don't hear all the time. And again, in the interview, when they found uh, one of the interviews I watched, when he found out that there were thirty team, thirty thirty academies that exist, uh-huh. and obviously the 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 scope of like, oh my god, how many stories do we not hear about? Sure. They then set out the 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 point of the movie was to tell the story about a guy who gets close but doesn't make it. Well, they, and that's what they did. And they did, and did a great job yeah. doing it. Okay. How would you rate this movie? I would rate this movie. A prospect that you've heard about and that okay. everyone's excited for. Uh-huh. And he gets there and he strikes out four times. <laughs> That's so and then sad. he gets cut. But like in a good way, I guess. How can I? Because <laughs> I guess like technically speaking, the strikeouts are bad. <laughs> yeah. No, we're not rating this that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what's yours? <laughs> I would rate this movie... A home run okay. that's hit by the other team <laughs> because it's so good and impressive, uh, but, but it happens and you're like, oh, geez. <laughs> like right, it. like if you're playing like John Carlos Stan and hit it out of the stadium. Yeah, maybe it's a three-run home run. Yeah. But so you're like, I like objectively as a baseball fan, I appreciate how good that is. But uh, man, it's hard it's to swallow. Very it's, depressing. Yeah. It's a depressing experience. Yeah. Or maybe like, oh, you know what it is? Oh, I got another one. Okay. Uh, it's like a player injuring himself on a home run. Oof. You know what I mean? Ouch. Or a player like hitting a walk off home run and then getting trampled on oh, <laughs> and hurt in the in the in the pack. That's stupid though. <laughs> I hate when that happens. It's like guys, come on! I know you're excited. I mean, the other the other thing that I thought of, maybe a little less harping on the depression, yeah. is like if we're gonna rate it as just like a straightforward play, I'd say yeah. it's a double. It's like it's not too flashy, but it's really good. And it's like better than most of what else. Solid is out as hell. There. Yeah. No. Totally. Yeah. yeah. I agree. So I'm really sad. I, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that we're doing this podcast yeah. now that we watched it. But if we hadn't have done this podcast, I wouldn't have watched this movie. Yeah. I totally agree. Which brings us to our next point of please watch it. Yeah. It's hard to find. It's a little hard to find. You have to. You can't rent it on iTunes. You have to buy mm-hmm. it for twelve dollars. iTunes, Amazon, and YouTube. It's available to buy. I think YouTube's the cheapest at like. 10, 10 but that's standard definition on hd yeah 10 12 13 that's all in yeah. that range we rented it on voodoo right <laughs> expecting this field of dreams movie yeah <laughs> then, i will on. say that i do kind of regret not buying it 
I kind of might buy it. I might buy it now. I might buy it on Blu-ray because I, I, if there's extras and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Um, because Actually, I this is how far, I looked for it at the library and I couldn't find it. So hey, it's, it's hard to find. Li- yeah. It's with, hard with, to find. So Thanks, Blockbuster. <laughs> going under. So please go watch this movie, but good luck, yeah. I guess. <laughs> it's, That's what it's saying. We'll say this. It's worth the hunt. Like oh, You're going to have to yeah, go out of your way to definitely. find it, but it's definitely worth it. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah, a, yeah. it's a gem of a movie. Yeah, it was really good. I think that was our first movie we haven't seen that we really liked. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's true. <laughs> so let's tease for next week. Right. What are and we watching next week? Next week is going to be The Fan. It's a drama. Starring Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. I've never seen Neither this of us have seen it. I don't know anything about this movie other than it's a drama with yeah. Wesley Snipes and Robert De Niro. Well, let me tell you, Andrew, I'm excited because it's about the Giants. I... Are you a Giants fan? Andrew. Do you like the Giants? Would you like to know what my favorite team is? Oh, I know. It's the Dodgers. They're the Giants. The best team. Dodgers. Um, largest, so, largest capacity stadium. 56,000. Yeah. Do you want me to read the long... Did we read the long line last time of these uh, movies? Yeah. I mean, here, I'll tell you a We're little bit. We're going to do it's, it It's in 1996. Time. Came out in 1996. Wesley Snipes, Robert Nero. Wesley Snipes is a baseball player. Robert Nero is the fan, I'm assuming. Okay. Um, and... I didn't really know about this movie before uh, we started this podcast. It's great. We kind of picked it because we both didn't know a lot about it. Right. And, and it's, it's a it's like a thriller, so yeah. we're learning. We're trying to do, we're try, we try to diversify like each season, right. you know, the, the different kinds of movies that we see. Cuz there's as we're learning, there's so many. There's so many, but there's also you can do uh, you can put baseball in any genre of movie. Yeah, that's true. Subgenre of subgenre. We also don't want to do like you know, one season, like all the best movies in yeah, right. the first season. And right. then this is like, we're watching. Maybe we'll like this movie. Who knows? I hope so. We're going to love it. I'm going to love it because it's the Giants. <laughs> oh, what if they talk shit about the Giants? What if they lose uh, and they're corrupt? What if that? What were we talking about? So tune in next time. <laughs> uh, yeah. Go watch Sugar. It's Please so go good. watch Sugar, yeah. And we'll see you on the next show. Go watch baseball. Stay gold, pony boy. <laughs> I just also tried to organically come up with the fun catchphrase that we could all end our, every it. podcast just with. End, just no, no, no. We're going to do it right now. We're going to workshop one. Uh, uh, play ball. <laughs> <laughs> Game uh, strike three. You listened You're to the whole here. podcast. Um, we'll come up with one eventually. Yeah, we got it. And then we'll make t-shirts and it'll be great. <laughs> all right, guys. You. See you next time. See you.